Hi, everybody. So excited to be here today. Um, and I guess I am a true nerd, because I think the Aura Rings are amazing. Uh, but what makes them amazing? It's not just all of this immense amount of data that the Aura Ring collects. It's about the analytics and the visualization it provides you so you can take action on the information that it, it's gathering. And that's what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about this really interesting intersection of AI and analytics and how that's impacting the tech industry. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce our esteemed panelists. I'm so excited to welcome them today. So first up is Shikhar Agarwal, co-founder of SpotNana, a modern travel platform that's you, that is transforming the infrastructure of the travel industry. Yes, big applause for Shikhar. So their platform is used by the likes of Brex and many other household names. And as co-founder of SpotNana, Shrikar is passionate about creating a platform of travel as a service to disrupt the trillion dollar travel industry and help customers reimagine travel. I've also learned that Shrikar is an alumnus of IIT Delhi, formerly with VMware, a founding engineer at ThoughtSpot, a former member of the Google Brain team, and is always looking for the obvious as well as the inconspicuous ways to automate and make his team more customer-centric. And thank you, Shrikar, for joining us. Awesome. All right, next up is Shitij Gupta, co-founder and CEO of 100MS. If, yes, big round of applause. <laughs> And if you guys saw the demo earlier of the huddle uh, that Steve Poitras, the dude, did, um, that was on 100MS technology, pretty amazing. And 100MS is empowering companies to bring real-life interactions to the increasingly virtual, remote, remote first world. And he started working on live video way back in the 2000s. He's built video solutions for the first iPhone and 3G networks and the infrastructure for Facebook Live. Um, he was VP of Engineering at Disney Hotstar, where he built the world's largest live streaming platform. Welcome, Shitij. All right. And our last distinguished panelist, Amit Prakash, co-founder of ThoughtSpot. For those of you that don't know, ThoughtSpot is the AI-powered analytics company that leverages natural language search powered by LLMs to ask and answer data questions. And I've learned about Amit that he has extremely deep experience in building large-scale analytics and AI systems. He has a PhD in computer engineering, and his journey has included things like working at Microsoft as a founding engineer of the Bing team, um, where he built ranking systems from scratch. He worked at Google, driving revenue growth through machine learning for AdSense. And he has personally experienced the struggle of text to SQL in both the pre and post GPT world. Thank Welcome, you. Amit. Thank you. Thank awesome. you for having me. All right, I'm so excited to dig in today. And what I will say is, we have decades of experience of AI and analytics on the stage here today. I am not contributing to those decades of experience. Uh, so I come here today with humility, and I'm uh, going to say that I am probably going to learn as much as anyone in this audience. I've made many leaps in my career from a 100-year-old industrial company to a one-year-old tech company living in China, and my latest one has been trying to learn and understand AI, uh, working with Dirajit Manoj, who have been incredible teachers. 
and Google as one of my, my very close friends trying to understand LLMs and NLP and Gen AI and what all this means. So super excited to learn from you guys today. All right, first off, I want to start with highs and lows. Highs and lows of working in AI and analytics over the last many years. And Shitij, I know when you were uh, working at Disney, you did a lot of really intense, uh, labor-intensive work with the content you were curating. So maybe let's start with a low there and we'll build up to some highs. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, it wasn't exactly analytics, but I mean, uh, let me explain the kind of work we used to do. So we built the, like the video streaming platform for Disney Plus Hotstar. Uh, but then there is a lot of requests which used to come that can we create automatic trailers? Can we create, let's say Spider-Man is getting released in India and the Spider-Man has to be, you know, converted into five different languages. So how can we write Spider-Man in Hindi? But the artwork has to look like Spider-Man. It cannot be just like, and we were like, how do we do it? Like these are like hard problems and finally we just had to go to designers and get it done. Uh, so translations, artwork localization, building trailers, converting you know, a 16 by nine video into a nine by 16 uh, TikTok style format of videos. We really, really tried hard, you know, building computer programs to do that. They just weren't perfect, right? And finally, we had to go to designers, get it done, really, really manual, like labor intensive. But I would say that was the low point, right? That was the low point that, you know, why couldn't this be done? Uh, I have not tried it, but I think it should be possible now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've, we've all been through the struggles, right? I know Ahmed has too. Um, and you've, you've been building natural language models for a long time. So would love to hear about trials and tribulations of that work pre and post GPT. Yeah, I would love to talk about it. So uh, when we got started with Hotspot in 2012, we wanted to build Google for data, right? And one of the things that we quickly realized was that in business domain, there's very little room for error. Like if somebody asks a question that how much revenue did we make from Southeast Asia in the last three months, you can't give five answers and say pick which one is right. Or you can't give the wrong answer some, some of the times, then you lose trust quickly and you get thrown out. So trust was super important. And back in the day, um, when we looked at all the research, we realized that there was no way that we could build something that would really get users from like what they have in their head to the answer immediately. And so we took an approach which was, let's bring UX in the mix, let's bring systems in the mix, and let's see if we can take a step back and solve the problem without necessarily having the AI piece necessary to do it. And so we, we built a product over the next few years that was essentially a language factory of sorts that will take every entity in your business and, and construct a language that will be so close to how you speak that it will feel natural to you, but it's still a programming language behind the scenes, right? And, and that's what built the company to where it is. But somewhere around 2017, we realized that we could do better than that. And we could actually now translate the natural language to the language that we have created and the advantage of this approach, and we didn't realize how good this approach was until very recently, is that when 
when you're taking something like natural language and turning that into complex code, it's very hard for users to know whether you got it right or not. And the user can't trust it unless they can interpret it. So having an intermediate language in the middle that actually takes away all the ambiguity from what they said and repeats back to them what they said in a concrete fashion makes for a perfect UX. And, and so, so we built that solution, but there was no LLM or GPT or that sort of thing back in those days. So what we did was we took inspiration from how speech recognition systems work. So in speech recognition, if you carefully listen to every phoneme that's being uttered, without context, you will not be sure whether somebody said k or f or g. It's only when you know the sounds adjacent to it that you are able to figure out what it is. And language is kind of like that. So a word in isolation and sentence, you won't be able to tell what it's meaning. But if you look at its neighborhood, you'll be able to figure out what meaning the user intends. So, so we built a system like that. And we quickly realized that the, the business language is as diverse as businesses themselves. Uh, so, like, for example, if somebody says, how much opportunity are we creating this quarter, they mean creation date, but when they say how much opportunity, uh, sorry, they mean the creation date, but when they say how much opportunity is going to close, they mean close date. Mm -hmm. And so things like that. So I feel like I've been going on for a long time. <laughs> no, you're, you're speaking my language, literally, because as someone that needs that interpreter for them, yeah. it's so powerful. It's like what I'm starting to see with Spacebar that we just released, you know, the way in which these um, tools can, can transform someone non-technical and the, their ability to do work effectively. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Any, anything else to add? No? Yeah, so we... Actually, the problem was quite hard, but once the LLMs came on the scene, what we realized was that everything that we had built so far was actually needed in combination with LLM to solve that problem. Okay, great. Thank you. All right, Shrikar, I know that um, you've probably seen some breakthroughs in your experience. So how did you get to those breakthroughs? What did you do either as a leader or as an engineer um, to, to manifest those to happen? Like, what work went into it? How did you get it to it? Happen. Absolutely. So I think I've been pretty lucky to be involved in companies or teams where just like DevRev is democratizing access, I've been involved in similar initiatives. Like the first breakthrough I think was at Google when we actually developed TensorFlow, which opened a huge wave of uh, deep learning access, like deep learning uh, platform that was one of the open source ones. At Spot Nano, what we have realized is that Travel was very close, especially the corporate travel. The world was very close. And we opened it up, right? And the leveraging AI and analytics is just huge. So for example, we do corporate travel. Uh, that's one of our verticals. And so companies spending billions and hundred millions dollars in travel, yet they don't know that if they want to make corporate policy, what rate per night they want to keep for hotels per city, right? It's just static. Um, VP or above can travel business class, rest economy. It's mostly static rules. But say you are in an area where Super Bowl is, suddenly your hotel price is so high, can you dynamically change the policy, right? So ingesting all that data, not just that data, the weather reports, the events, we have been able to make these dynamic, 
where companies can, they no longer have to put static rules, but they can really say, hey, let the system play. Other sort of it comes in savings, where we are, hey, if we suggest you these insights, you can change the policy, and this will lead to 10% saving. And if your travel budget, for example, Amazon is billion dollar, 10% amount to 100 million dollars of saving, right? So that's the usage on the corporate side. Yeah. But now airlines are super interested because they want to know, hey, at nine o'clock, United wants to know nine o'clock flight, why are people taking American Airlines? Is it because of pricing? Can we do dynamic pricing? Until now they have not been able to do because there's a lot of middlemen involved getting United Airlines data to the travelers. And given we have done direct connects with the airlines, it's again, now airlines can directly talk to travelers. And so they can now, that's what democratizing means, that you have built a platform just like DevRev, where all your PLGs are coming and people are developing. Like It's sort of a marketplace, right? It's what you guys have developed. So it's similarly like, can we create that marketplace where suppliers and corporates and agencies can work together, get access to that data, the travel data, and build on top of it? So we have seen tremendous breakthrough, like in my experience, both developing the tools and now leveraging it on the other side and making it access to, accessible to everyone. Is there something you feel like you did with the team or yourself even as an engineer when you were in that type of role that allowed you to have that breakthrough or have that realization that this was a really um, impactful, impactful way to present information? Yeah, I think to me, uh, Again, a lot of luck involved, just the fortune to be involved with great people. Like, I was at ThoughtSpot, so worked with Amit, so you know, there a uh, lot of data analytics and AI. Then at Google, again, amazing engineers. And again, at Spotlight, amazing engineers and amazing customers. So customers tell us problem, engineers tell us how to solve, and I'm just Googling what it means both sides, connecting the dots. So Google's your friend, too. Google's your friend, awesome. too. Awesome, okay, cool, I'm not alone. Amazing. Any, anything about breakthroughs for either of you that you either as an engineer, you know, back in, in the day, uh, or more recently leading, leading your teams that you feel like have contributed to a breakthrough in some of the AI or analytics um, work that you've done? Question for me? Or? Anyone, yeah, yeah anyone. Go ahead, go ahead. Just, just breakthrough meaning what did we experience recently which was not possible previously, yeah, something like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of the things, uh, at least, uh, which was uh, really, really interesting for me is, you know, uh, the demo which uh, uh, Manoj was showing, yeah. talking, like, it's possible to do a meeting uh, in, let's say, DevRev, or, uh, or, or let me not go that way, but let, all of these, like, in, in every day, we spend 20, 30% of our time meeting people. And so these are like all meetings which are not structured records or something like that. The first time I saw a meeting getting recorded, transcribed, speaker diarized, and then putting into an LLM and then asking LLM, okay, summarize this for me. Do you think customer will buy it? What do you think the tone of the meeting was? And answers were like amazingly accurate. And I was like, what's going on here, right? Like this, this particular piece of software is basically trained to guess the next word, but what is, there is some magic going on here, <laughs> right? Um, because I think it's trained on human, you know, it's trained on internet, so it's trained on human emotions and whatnot. So I really still, still don't understand what's going on in there. 
But that was magic for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think there is a lot of power there. You know, we, we do a lot of communication which is not structured. And if, if LLMs can help that structure that now, or like AI can help structure that, that is real effortless. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I think, Shrikar, you have thousands of, of travel agents, right, that are working with travelers. And, you know, maybe talk about how you're enabling them and how things are going to transform or have breakthroughs for their daily lives, like their jobs. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think most of the people here have faced problems while traveling, like flight got scanned, like disruptions and stuff like that. And I'm sure almost everyone has spent hours talking to agents, trying to get the next flight, next ticket and all. And so what we have realized is like through data that almost 80% of what, why people chat or call or email can be automated, right? People are calling, hey, is my TSA free number? There's my vegetarian meal on file or not? Can you send me some options of flight? So all of this is like pretty straightforward, right? So our travel agents, um, and you have already seen the DevRiv demo, it's amazing where the space bar demo and all. So we are, have built similar things on the travel agent, agent side that when people come, we are able to interpret what, like, what their intent is, book or just edit some seats or something, and able to connect to then airlines and hotel chains and everything and automate that flow. So we have seen like almost 80% reduction in, in volume. And one of our VP will, of product will say that I want an agentless travel agency. Right? I'm sure in travel that we won't be able to achieve, but we can go pretty close. Uh, that's what we have seen. And uh, just recently, ChatGB and all, it's, it has just made so much easy to access AI and just leverage it. So for us, it's been a boom. Awesome. I'm sure it took a lot of work to get there, too. And you know, there's this idea of training models, right? And training them autonomously, training them with people. And I know, Amit, you've had a lot of experience with like multilingual complexities as well. Maybe. Talk to us a little bit about how do you decide when to use a human, when to use uh, you know, a different way to train the model and, and work through some of those tough challenges. Yeah, so I think um, one of the things that I've realized working with uh, machine learning and AI for last 10, 15 years is only maybe one in 20 idea that you have is going to work, and everything else you got to throw away. <laughs> so. Like, if you think that you have this amazing intuition in your head and you're going to come up with the idea and figure it out, it's just not going to work. So I think to build anything related to AI, you have to be really good at fast iteration and trying things out quickly. You come up with an idea and you figure out what's the shortest way to test that hypothesis and then throw it away most likely, but every once in a while you get something good. So same thing applies for what kind of model you train or which model you use for this thing. You just have to be really good and agile about testing what works and what doesn't work and try different variants. Got it. How, how do you think about the people that you hire and, and how do you encourage you know, your, your software engineers to tinker and try things out like that and know that it's going to fail you know, the majority of the time and that's okay? So one of the interesting things that's happened over last year or so, that it's to a great extent leveled the playing field. So as soon as people got excited about LLM, all of us have been up maybe an hour extra every night reading up what's going on in Twitter. And you have this sense of um, that like I'm falling behind. 
there's just so much that has happened that I haven't learned, and if I don't do it, I, I won't know what's the latest and greatest. And the funny thing is that you talk to the best AI researchers, they feel the same way. <laughs> so, so it's just, uh, it's just a new paradigm. The world is changing, and everybody's got to learn. And I don't think years of experience working with ML buys you a lot other than maybe tuning your attitude towards problem solving. Yeah. Because when you're building systems, you kind of try to get all the requirements in your head and then translate that into something, and you're very confident that what you've built is going to work. There'll be some bugs that you'll iron out, but the broad structure that you have put together is going to work. Whereas when you're working with AI, you've you got to improvise, improvise, improvise. And so if you were, if any of you were giving advice to your younger engineering self that, and you were starting today, what would you tell yourself to do differently with, with that in mind, right, of this difference in the world of AI and wanting everyone to really embrace this new way of thinking? I would just, so there, there is kind of a trade-off between how much you explore and how much you exploit based on what you have learned so far. And different problems require different trade-offs. You just got to move a lot towards exploration and less towards exploiting what you already know. Okay, great. Yeah, for me it would be mostly buy bitcoins and Tesla stocks and invest early in DevRev. <laughs> but I have to think what to do in the AI level. But yeah, Amit was totally right that what has happened in the field, uh, like. Just last time, um, I told my EA that, hey, you know, my friend, my relatives are coming to the U.S. Can you write a letter inviting them to, for the U.S. immigration? And the letter was just perfect. And then I could feel that, you know, I know the chat GPT has written this letter. So I think yeah. just, just chat GPT and all have made AI so accessible, so sexy. For us, it's mostly bottoms of innovation. As long as your, the culture of the company, at least for us, is open enough for bottoms-up innovation, your smart engineers will play with it. Like, they've figured out how to write tests using AI, how to code using AI, how to parse fair rules, A-line fair rules and penalty using AI, how to parse hotel description and make it more readable. So, so for us, they already presented to us that, hey, this is what we have done, do you approve it? So as long as you can, you have that culture, in today's world, a lot of people will just come. That engineers will just play with it. I've, I've noticed it, too. One, I've started using ChatGPT to plan my travel, which has been great. And two, I've had applicants write essays, and I, I, you, know, you just know this has, it's so perfect, right? It's amazing. Everyone needs to embrace this idea of accessible generative AI. So with that in mind, I want closing words from each of you. What are you most excited about with this intersection of AI and analytics and that you hope to see happen in the next, next decade of your AI careers? I'll, I'll go first. I mean, uh, not, not exactly analytics, but I'll, I'll just say, like, I want to see more and more AI get applied on media, basically, right? Like, uh, I think media is the area where uh, I think Right now, it's all happening on LLMs, but like media is still, like LLMs are not thinking video yet. <laughs> the token is still the, the word, basically, or the, the, the next word. Can they think next frame, right, in the video? Uh, I'm excited about that. <laughs> Great. Yeah, for me, I think um, 
we still are working in Spotonar on the travel platform side. So what I'm excited is first, get myself more and more educated because the field of AI is progressing at a much faster rate that I can consume. So surrounding uh, myself with the dev workforce, like I'll go to their booth later and figure out how they did a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> but yeah, just be on top of it and just figuring out how do we connect the applications to business use case, because that I feel makes it more relevant and that's where the magic happens. So I think that's what I'm excited Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so as uh, listening to um, Scott chatting with Heeraj earlier, and I was thinking really what's going to happen with all the innovation in AI in space is that we'll have zero excuse to be stuck in the rut that we often find ourselves. Because wherever you are in the rut, AI is going to automate that. And so I think it will make us a lot more authentic instead of you know having an excuse that I like my mind is somewhere else because I just have to, will go away and will all be free to have much more authentic interactions. Absolutely, embrace that creativity, right? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. I uh, appreciate you all joining the panel today. Thank you. Thank you.